Hello and welcome. My name is Alice and this is the Backtracker History Show podcast, where I ask you to join me on a meander down through the archives to find out more about the people, places and events from the past. Most of these podcasts have been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. And one of the great things about this podcast is that I can go into more detail about each story because there are no time constraints. And it's really easy to show your support just by spreading the word, leaving reviews and sharing with all your family and friends. It really does help. If you want to get in touch with me with show ideas, comments or information, you can via Twitter or Facebook by using at UK the capital B, capital T and a capital UK or emailing me at info at backtracker.co.uk Now, on with the show. Today's tale is about the Nordical training ship HMS Formidable, an 84-gun second-rate of the Royal Navy, launched on the 19th of May 1825 at Chatham Dockyard. With a crew of 700, she was one of the Navy's largest ships at the time. She was designed by Sir Robert Seppings and was launched at a truly massive cost of £64,000. However, her fitting out with the guns and stuff was not completed until November 1841. Her first true commander, not including those that were in charge of her when she was being moved from dock to dock, was Captain Charles Sullivan, who sailed her to the Mediterranean. On the 29th of November 1842, Formidable struck the ground heavily about 14 miles to the west of Barcelona, whilst doing about four knots. It was discovered that she'd lost her rudder and damage was done in several places to the false keel. There were two leaks forward and another in the breadroom, and the water was inching up at about eight inches an hour. Plus, in view of the fact that she was thumping on the ground, other damage had been done to the extent that if she had remained aground much longer, she would have been erased from the Royal Navy. The following day, with the assistance of the Rodney, which arrived on the 30th, and many other vessels, the formidable was hauled off just before midnight, having thrown her guns overboard and started and pumped out her water. The ship was towed to Barcelona and from there to Port Mahon. Word of the Week And for this week's Word of the Week, I'm proud to give you... Tomorrow, which is the day after tomorrow. The training ship Formidable came into being in 1869 after several Bristol businessmen petitioned the Admiralty to lease them an ex naval vessel for the training of young boys as seamen. They had formed a committee, and when the benevolent enterprise announced to the public at a general meeting, the promoters instantly found themselves supported by many who took a deep interest in education and reformation of the youth of Bristol. 
They had been concerned for some time that there were a lot of stray children on the streets who were not doing themselves or society any good by following the sort of lifestyle which would have them end up in prison or a noose, causing a lot of pain and heartache along the way. Eventually, HMS Formidable was leased to the group of businessmen led by Mr. Henry Fedden. The vessel was towed around to Porter's Head in the Bristol Channel and anchored about 400 yards off the pier there. When she first arrived, she was the centre of a lot of local attention and excursions were organised by the committee in order to raise the money, which is about £3,000, that had been needed to convert her for the use by the boys and to tow her to Porter's Head from Sheerness. Her Majesty's line of battleship, Formidable, which has been granted by the Admiralty as a training ship for Bristol, arrived off Porter's Head midday on Saturday, and now lies anchored about 500 yards off the pier of the Bristol and Porter's Head Railway Company, not without considerable effort on the part of those interesting themselves in the matter. Owing to the claims of other important cities being pressed upon the government, Bristol has succeeded in securing one of the finest vessels, the largest, we believe, with one exception. Yet granted for this object and the members of the Bristol Training Ship Association will shortly see their philanthropic labours fairly commenced in the reclamation of destitute and negligent boys of that city from their haunts of ignorance, wretchedness and vice. On November the 18th, 1869, the Formidable was certified as an industrial school ship, allowing it to take children committed by the courts. The ship had a tender called Polly, which is similarly certified on the 27th of February 1875. The ship was opened by the Reverend Charles Kingsley, author of Westwood Ho and the Water Babies, and the first boys went on board in December 1869. The ship could cater for up to 350 boys at any time, from the ages of 11 to 14, and life aboard was hard, and traditional Navy discipline was practised. Henry Fedden, whose brainchild this was, wrote to the Western Daily Press, and his letter appeared in the issue dated 12th of October 1869. In it, he clarified the difference between a reformatory school and an industrial school the first being for homeless, destitute or neglected children, and the second being an institution for reforming older children who have been convicted of crime. In the letter, he also set out the ways in which young boys could apply to attend this new school. Any person may bring before two justices or magistrate any child apparently under the age of 14 years that comes within any of the following descriptions, namely, that is found begging, or receiving arms, whether actually or under the pretext of selling or offering for sale anything, or being in any street or public place for the purpose of so begging or receiving arms, that is found wandering and not having any home or settled place of abode, or proper guardianship or visible means of subsistence, that is found destitute, either being an orphan or having a surviving parent who is undergoing penal servitude or imprisonment that frequents the company of reputed thieves. Now here's only a few examples of the boys that were sent to HMS Formidable. On the 5th of February 1870, William Smith, a boy of 11, was charged with begging. It was said the boy was much neglected and was left about the streets. 
His father was a carter and was in bad health and couldn't really do his job. The mother said the father earned 12 shillings a week and she had four other children. Mr. Naish said that this is another of those cases which now comes in before us every day of children being got rid of by their parents. The magistrates said they would send him to the formidable training ship for four years, but his father would be made to contribute towards his support, as he had evidently neglected the child very much. Another example was Edward Matthews. Described by the council house magistrates as a dirty looking boy, and he was charged with begging and was sent to HMS Formidable for five years in February 1871. Another sorry young lad was Charles Mitchell, aged 11, who was brought in before the magistrates by Mr Moore, a scripture reader from St Philip's, who said that the boy had no family and he thought it would be best for him to go into an industrial school. He went on to explain that the father had left the family many years before and the mother had only just died four days previously. Young Charles Mitchell was sent to Formidable for six years. Henry Fedden also mentioned that if you couldn't get a magistrate's order to attend the school, you could send the boy to the ship and pay towards his keep, the equivalent of the state allowance. The Bristol Training Ship Formidable opened in 1869 as an industrial school specialising in nautical training with many of the pupils going on to military or other sea-based professions. And the boys didn't just come from Bristol. Formidable's name was so well known that boys were being sent from all over the country. In the 1881 census, you can see some pupils like George Windred, who came from Manchester, or Thomas Bowell from Oxford. There's even a boy called William Barnes, who came from Calcutta in India. On July the 10th, 1875, the sixth annual meeting of the Friends and Supporters of the Bristol Training Ship Association was held on Tuesday afternoon at the Victoria Rooms under the presidency of the Mayor, Mr C.J. Thomas. The boys at present being trained on board the Formidable were upon the platform and their picturesque uniform presented quite a pleasing picture the boys being ranged tier above tier on either side of the grand organ. And during the meeting, they sang a number of pieces, and the ship's band also played a selection of music with good effect. The big achievement of the past year was the addition of the long-wished-for tender, which the committee was very glad to announce had been purchased, fitted and already put to work. The Polly was a first-class little vessel very well suited for the purpose and capable of taking 30 to 40 boys with their officers for a cruise. And now let's have our next instalment of our big stroll. The Big Bristol to London the Stroll. The Big Bristol to London Stroll. The Big Bristol to London Stroll. Hello and welcome to the Big Bristol to London Stroll, where we take you along the scenic routes, via canals, on a gentle walk to our capital. Along the way, we'll discuss the places we see and anything we spot that takes our fancy. Sometimes, we're even joined along the way by family and friends. So come join us as we take the Big Stroll.
And today, following on from last week, we continue walking around Devizes, which, incidentally, has more than 500 listed buildings, a large number for a town of its size. The Trust for Devizes has a town trail map, which provides a guide to many of them. So, if you're like me, and you love exploring and looking at old buildings, then this is for you. Number 8 Long Street was the house of the clothier Samuel Powell, as well as Admiral Joseph Taylor, one of the inspirations for C.S. Forrester's fictional hero Horatio Hornblower. In 1853, the Wiltshire Archaeological and Natural History Society was founded in the town, and later opened a museum in Long Street. Now called the Wiltshire Museum, its collections are designated as being of national significance. The museum has loads of artefacts from the Bronze Age, as well as finds from Stonehenge and Avebury World Heritage Sites, including West Kennet, Longbarrow, Mardenhenge and Bushbarrow, which is in its main displays. I had a look round there and it's well laid out considering Covid restrictions, but you will have to check the website and book in advance. Devizes has a very artsy feel, which you'll pick up on as you walk around the town. The Arts Council funded Devizes International Street Festival, attracting thousands to the town for two weeks, leading up to August bank holiday each year, beginning with a long-standing confetti battle, where, at a given signal, usually cannons firing confetti hundreds of metres into the air, the public are invited into the marketplace to throw as much confetti as possible at one another. The annual Devizes Arts Festival has a broad spectrum of musical events, poets, authors, literary talks, comedians and other performers. And each autumn, the Devizes Food and Drink Festival includes opportunities to dine in unusual places. There is also an active thespian community that performs at the Wharf Theatre, a former warehouse alongside the Kennet and Avon Canal. In our next instalment of this walk, we see us travelling from Devizes to All Cannings. And remember that we're doing this to raise money for suicide prevention in Bristol. And you can show your support and make a donation by going to Just Giving and typing in Backtracker and you should find the page. This is all done in the name of Sarah, who passed away in March this year. Captain Edward Polden of the Royal Navy, late of HMS Excellent at Portsmouth, was appointed the first commander of the ship. The daring and gallant captain was such a great coup that the members were thrilled with their choice. Captain Polden had already served 20 years in the Navy, and his unassuming and polished manners, as well as his humane Christian feeling, which was evident to all who met him, must have really impressed all the people who accompanied him on the voyage from Sheerness to King Road. The youths placed under his care under the Certified Industrial School Act met with someone well suited to watch over their moral and intellectual progress in the eyes of the committee. 
and the crew adjusted to their new commander and were soon able to continue their work well, after a little unpleasantness and dissatisfaction, which occurred shortly after their arrival in King Road. This showed that Captain Paulden was not unaccustomed to meet sudden emergencies with coolness and tact. Although the newspaper articles don't really mention what the unpleasantness was. There was one news story about Captain Polden in the Western Gazette which says that one of the boys of the training ship fell overboard on the 24th of October 1870. He had been walking along the boom leading towards the ship when he missed his footing and fell overboard. Although the waves were quite strong, when Commander Polden saw the boy fall in, he instantly jumped in after him, catching the little boy under his arms and turning him around in the water at the same time, doing his best to keep himself and the boy from sinking. It was very blustery that day, and the pair were rapidly carried away down the Bristol Channel. Fortunately, Spectre Dyer and some of the Formidable's boys were in one of the ship's boats, not far off, and they instantly pulled out, but not before the pair had drifted over 200 yards from the boat. As the boat neared them, Dyer threw out the longboat hook, which was grasped by the commander, and the two were pulled into the safety of the rescue boat in a very, very exhausted state. The whole scene was watched from the pierhead with avid interest, and when the crowd saw that the pair were safe, a huge cheer resounded. On the 30th of June, 1874, George Baxter, a boy on board the formidable training ship, was involved in an accident that resulted in his death. It seems that Joseph Baxter, a boy on board but no relation to the deceased, was on the forecastle, which is the upper deck of a sailing ship, forward of the foremast, and was swinging by rope on the mainstay, a pastime in which the boys were allowed to do. He swung off from the mainstay and tried to swing around the funnel, but he did not see the deceased until he got halfway round, and then he shouted a warning to him. George failed to get out of the way in time, and Joseph caught him with his left leg and knocked him from the forecastle onto the upper deck, eight feet below. Joseph immediately rushed to the fallen boy and found him insensible and helped to carry him below. The doctor's register for the ship said that George had sustained a fractured skull. At the coroner's inquest, the jury returned a verdict of accidental death. As with any score, it wasn't just accidents that happened. On the 5th of September, 1874, two boys named Henry George Scott Yendel and William Henry Powell who were both pupil teachers on board the Formidable, were brought up in custody at the council house, charged with breaking open the desk of Commander Polden in his cabin and stealing £62.07 shillings in money and stamps. Yendall was also charged with stealing about £3 from the desk of the secretary, Mr Blackmore. Yendall, who was 15, was sentenced to a month's imprisonment with hard labour and three years at Kingswood Reformatory, and Powell, who was over 16, was sentenced to one month's imprisonment with hard labour. In another incident, on Saturday night, October the 14th, 1877, 
13 boys lowered a boat from the training ship and went off down the channel. On the Sunday morning, two officers followed in search of them, and they were found at Kingston Seymour on the banks of the channel, where they were refreshing themselves at a farmhouse. They were all taken back to the ship on the Sunday night and punished. The ship lay at anchor in Porter's Head for the next 30 years, until a very strong gale damaged some of the timbering and made further life on board quite risky. It was withdrawn from service early in 1906 and a new school was required. At a meeting held at the Council House by the Lord Mayor of Bristol in October 1902, the Right Honorary Lewis Fry proposed that the work carried out on board the Formidable of rescuing homeless and destitute boys and training them for a useful life as seamen is worthy of the hearty support of the public and the present scheme of building a nautical school at Portis Head in lieu of the Formidable is the right course to be adopted by the committee under the present circumstances. Plans for a shore establishment were drawn by a Mr Edward Gabriel and the National Nautical School was built on a magnificent sloping site overlooking the Bristol Channel and about two miles from Portishead Village. The nautical school was a reformatory for boys aged usually between 10 and 15 and opened in 1906. Some were sent by courts, some by their parents and some were orphans or volunteered to go there. The school continued to train boys, especially for the Royal and Merchant Navies. The boys, and in particular the school band, were a familiar part of Porter's Head life and took an active part in most local events. The school was closed in 1983 when changes in childcare policy dramatically reduced its occupancy. Hi, I'm Ray, self-confessed bookworm, film addict, hermit, long-time depression sufferer and caffeine fiend. In Not Before Coffee, I talk about everything from books, TV and movies to the more serious topics, like my own personal journey through life, struggling with various mental health issues. But not until I've had at least three mugs of the roasted bean and temporarily sated my long-term addiction. So, if you want to get to know more about me and all the ways I pass my time during the week, not including work... And you fancy the idea of hearing me talk about the things that interest me, new books, old books, TV and movies of all kinds, plus the weird and wonderful of my everyday, and how I got into writing about cars for a living, despite not having a driving licence, then tune in to Not Before Coffee. Found where all good podcasts are, so pretty much everywhere. today. When boffins were asked what weighs more, a gallon of water or a gallon of butane, they instantly said water, because butane is a lighter fluid. Back in the day facts. And let's start off with the 26th of June, when, in 1956, Dame Sybil Thorndike and Sir Louis Casson 
opened the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School at Downside, Clifton. It replaced the original school in King Street. On the 28th of June in 1693, the first women's magazine, The Ladies' Mercury, was published in London. It included a page of questions and answers, which became known as a problem page. On the 28th of June, 1746, Flora MacDonald rescued Bonnie Prince Charlie after his defeat at Culloden by dressing him as a woman and escaping by boat to Portree on the Isle of Skye. On the 28th of June, 1879, Portishead Dock, covering 12 acres of land owned by the Bristol Corporation, was opened. On the 29th of June, 1613, London's Globe Theatre burned down during a performance of Henry VIII by William Shakespeare. On the 29th of June in 2002, US singer Rosemary Clooney passed away. And the following year, on the same day, US film and stage actress Catherine Hepburn passed away. And on the 30th of June 1980, the British sixpenny piece ceased to be legal tender. I have to say a huge congratulations to Samantha and Steve Roberts, who finally managed to tie a knot a couple of weeks ago. Third time really was a charm. Do you know what? I would be nothing without the real stars of the show. And this week, they include Sam Roberts, Henry Arnold, Tony Allen and Steve Shepard. These guys genuinely make me look good. You have been listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show. Now, this podcast has been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. If you liked it, please leave a rating and maybe a comment. If you didn't, well, let's just leave it at that, shall we? I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. Or, alternatively, you can email me at info at backtracker.co.uk By the way, the tune in the background? That's by The Model Folk. You can find out more about them at themodelfolk.com So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, guys, take care and look after each other. <laughs>